saddle up. He's going to spot up for three, lets it fly. Yes! It's time for the Brian Gregory Show on USF Bulls Unlimited. The Bulls are looking good. Men's basketball play-by-play man Jim Lighthall sits down with the head coach of the Bulls for all the inside info you need. I mean, does it get any better than that? Now with BG, here's Jim. Welcome into another edition of the Brian Gregory Show. Jim Lighthall and the head coach himself as the uh, Bulls are on the road in Memphis, about ready to get started with American Conference play. Coach, first of all, happy holidays. I know it's been a busy time of year, but we got to think about basketball again. Yeah, you know, obviously I hope everybody out there had a healthy, safe holiday. And uh, for us, it ended on a high note, uh, playing very good basketball. Um, got through that last game, uh, which is, as we've talked about as a coach, is always the most worrisome game of the year. And if you looked at some of the scores over those last three days prior to Christmas break, you you understand why. But we're playing good basketball. We have to play better now. You get into league play, and our league is as tough as it's ever been. Uh, You have to play extremely well for 40 minutes. And it doesn't matter if you're at home or away. As I told our guys as we gathered back on December 26th, uh, league play is a marathon. It's not a sprint. But the most important thing is it's it's one game at a time. And if you played well and won in the last game, that does not mean it's going to happen again. Or if you didn't play well and you lost, doesn't mean it's going to happen again. You have to have two days of good preparation and go out there and perform well for 40 minutes. Thursday's game against Memphis is the American Conference opener. It'll be the last game in the 2022 calendar year. And this is probably news to you, but the show has been picked up for another year. The Brian Gregory Show will be back once the calendar flips over, so that's good news for you. It's better news for the listeners to be able to uh, spend an hour with you and me talking Bulls basketball. A little fireside chat, as we like to call it. Your team has won five games in a row. They've won seven of their last eight. Um, Joey and I have been talking a little bit about we're trying to pinpoint kind of when this thing flipped. And for me, I thought it was the UAB game. You played a really good team that day, a tournament team, tournament caliber team. I thought you played really well, but you lost. But from that game on, I thought you're a different team. Yeah, and and I thought we played well that game. Um, I I think one of the things that happened that game was uh, maybe from the player standpoint, the three or four things that we emphasized, they clearly saw when we did those things that we were successful. And then when we kind of strayed from that, or we weren't able to execute that, it wasn't necessarily that guys tried to stray, just weren't able to execute either a couple zone defensive possessions or taking care of the basketball, whatever it may be. But to be able to bounce back 24 hours later and get that first win against a good St. Joe's team and the way we played, but I think maybe the key in, in that stretch, Jim, was we, we had some guys get out of their comfort zone and step up and really help us when we needed it because we were banged up. And um, I think our guys understood the message that we send all the time that you can't let your playing time or that particular circumstance stop you from continuing to improve and to be ready when your number's called. And a guy like Sorrell Smith, he was ready, and he's helped us every game since then. Uh, I think is a really good example, and I think our guys have understood that there are times where our strength is in our numbers and our depth and, 
and Selton McGowan coming off the bench and the sacrifice and the unselfishness that that shows. I think all those little things put together have added to the connection of this team. November and December are so busy in the non-conference. You play a lot of games, uh, not a lot of time to practice. I know everyone needs that Christmas break, and it's welcomed, but you've won five games in a row. Does it come at a bad time? Is that is that the proper term? No, you know, I, I think I uh, we, our guys needed some time away, and I needed some time away from them <laughs> as well. It, that, that Those first seven weeks of the season are, are crazy. Um to the point where I'm already looking at next year and, and, and trying to mark down dates of when we can play games to give us a little more practice time because I think college basketball is changing. You're going to have two or three guys that are upperclassmen that you're really counting on. And those first three weeks, you play seven games in those first three weeks, it doesn't give them a lot of time to acclimate to what you're trying to get done and different things like that. So um it's only th the guys only get three days off you know uh but it's always good to get those days off after a win and it's good to get them after playing well and then the juices start flowing because league plays around the corner looking back at the non-conference as a whole a couple plays stand out uh, one was the shot obviously by tyler harris at northern iowa ends up on sports center's top 10 and then jameer chaplin had a putback dunk the other night that ends up being number one on SportsCenter's top 10. Is that a topic the next morning around the Muma Center? Does Do guys talk about that? Uh, do you take note of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we showed the clip of chat multiple, multiple times because that was an incredible. I've been fortunate to coach some pretty good athletes and some pretty good dunkers, but that was up there with some guys that have won the dunk championship <laughs> in the NBA. So, uh, but, yeah, we, we talk about that. And, uh, you know, it, it's good to have a group that celebrates each other's successes. You know what I mean? And and from Tyler's three to the dunk by Chaplin, all our guys, players and coaches alike, were, were fired up about those. Did you look for it the next morning on SportsCenter, or did you just wait to see whether or not it made it from word of mouth? There was a play earlier in the year, our soccer team, the last second goal that they made from the, I think from a, I should know all these soccer terms, a side throw-in or whatever it's called. Corner kick? Cor no, it was a no. side throw-in, I think, right? And we, we scored almost at the buzzer to win the game. And I remember the next morning looking to see if that was on SportsCenter, and I believe it was. So I definitely did it with Chap and, 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 uh, and Tyler's three. I thought it would be. Again, both those were incredible, incredible plays. Yeah, I got to admit, I got up early after Chap's dunk and – once they got to number two, I kept thinking, you got to be kidding me. This didn't even make the top ten, and there it was, there it was. at number one. Hey, uh, one thing also that is different from this team as opposed to last year, the three-point shot. Last season, you had 138 made three-pointers all season. You were a minus 97 at the end of the year in that category. This season, you have 93 or 91 made already. You're a minus seven in that category. That's an astronomical change. Yeah, it is. We're, we're a better shooting team, uh, but I think, to be honest with you, as as I go back, we're, we're just better offensively. We move better. We cut better. We, we space the court better. We drive and kick better. We pass the ball better. Um, and that leads to better shots, you know. Um, and so, you know, I, I was wondering, too, and I, I didn't really even take a look, but I knew we had to be getting close to as, as many made threes 
this year as we had all of last year. And and we you know when you when you got Tyler Harris and we got some other guys who have dramatically improved in it. The other thing we're taking better shots, you know. So when you take better shots, you're going to make more of them. And Russell's emergence inside, and our ability with a, a Selton and and Chaplin and guys like Keyshawn, their ability, Sam's ability to drive the ball. Defenses now have to honor those drives, and honor the ball going into the post of Russell, which is created some more open opportunities from the three. Is it fair to say because the, the world of basketball right now is in love with the three-pointer at all levels that you can't win at any level of basketball right now unless you're successful at the three? Well, it's, it's hard to. It's hard to. Uh, you know, it's interesting. We're playing a team in Memphis that does not take a lot of threes, and they're really good. So you can do it, but – there, there's going to be lower scoring games, and you got to be okay with winning ugly. And, and we've won some ugly games, but as we've gotten better offensively, what it's done, Jim, it's just taking the pressure off of every defensive possession. You know what I mean? Uh, and we had a lot of those last year because there, there was in those losses, there was a lot of close losses watching the game last year at home against Memphis. Uh, seven minutes ago, we're down four points. Uh, and it was just a brutal game to watch. It was just, you know, we couldn't make a shot. They couldn't make a shot. And the defenses were really good. Um, but, again, when you're when the game's just so much easier when that ball goes through the net. And, again, I always say it's the only sport where just because you're scoring from a further distance, it counts as more points. A 99-yard touchdown counts as the same as a one-yard run. You know what I mean? So you have to utilize it. And the one thing I think we've done is we've taken quality threes, which which makes it better uh, because it shows that your offense is executing. You're a guy that's well documented that you don't really fall in love with the zone. I always kind of thought of you as a guy that wasn't in love with the three-point shot. It seems to me that maybe this is uh, I've read you wrong, but it seems like you're softening on that stance. Well, yeah, I, I liked the three when we had some teams that could really shoot it, you know, and I've been fortunate to have some of those teams. Um, but I I like threes. Now, let, let's be honest. Anytime Tyler has a sliver of daylight, he, he has to shoot the ball. I, and he's got the green light to, to do that. Um, now, when it, when it's not a good shot, even though he's a fifth-year senior and scored 1,200 points, I, I still let him know about that, you know what I mean? Because he came here to learn how to play the game the right way and to play that point guard position. But then nowadays, point guard has to score. So I like the threes when we go inside out because I just know it's a higher percentage. I do watch sometimes in some of the shots that, that guys are taking on the threes, the step back off the dribble, the different things like that. Those are just really difficult shots, and you got to be really good to make, you know, to make those. And the other thing that I that happens when you take those, I don't think the defense has been broken down. So unless you're Houston, which is just in another class when it comes to offensive rebounding, you don't get any offensive rebounds on those shots. You know, so for us, it's breaking down the defense to get a quality shot. If that's a three by any one of the guys other than Russell. I'm fine with, but then we got to go to the glass too. So it's always a give and take in coaching. The guys get the freedom to shoot those, but now the responsibility is if your job on every shot is to go to the glass, 
you better be going to the offensive glass. And that's an area that I think we can improve in, Jim. Bulls will get the Memphis Tigers to open American Conference play. We'll talk about that game coming up as well as Temple and Wichita State because they start coming fast and furious when the calendar rolls over. Jim Lighthall and Brian Gregory with you. Coach, let's take a look back at the games that you played at the tail end of the non-conference schedule. These are all wins, by the way. And we go back to Monday, December the 12th, the game at Northern Iowa. We were really looking forward to the atmosphere there, uh, the environment, uh, the fans, uh, their tradition, and that place really didn't disappoint. No, a great place to play. Maybe not the greatest place to visit, but a great place to play in terms of the, like you said, the environment there. You could, you can sense it. It's a basketball town. They love their basketball. Obviously, they got good football too. But you know, they just they've had a, a tradition of success there. A lot of great coaches there, and and you know they haven't lost since we played them. Uh, you know, we did a tremendous job on their dynamic little guard born. Uh, I thought Tyler set the tone for us with not just his offense, which was fantastic, especially in that first half, but his, his defense. And, and it's interesting, you follow teams after you play them. And uh, Bourne makes his only basket of the game, that last layup. Three nights later, he gets 28. Two nights after that, I think he gets 25. You know, so it kind of just shows you when, when Tyler's really dialed in in terms of guarding that, that point guard, he can do a great job. But um, total team win. We got good basketball from a lot of guys in that, in that game. Again, banged up a little bit with, with a couple guys out. And for us to, to you know, battle and, and make some mistakes at the end, more so just, again, not knocking down some free throws that could ice the game but then coming back and knocking down the game winner was great for us. It was 42-41 at the half, very high scoring, and then I thought both teams really buckled down on defense in the second half. Yeah, I thought our defensive effort the second half was much better, uh, especially on the glass in terms of controlling the defensive glass, um, and then still able to get out and run and get some transition baskets. Uh, there was about a five-minute stretch in there where – efficiency on offense was not at the level it needed to be where we could have taken an eight-point lead and made it a 14 or 15-point lead, which would have gave us a lot more breathing room there. So, you know, again, it, 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 it's great to get the win. It's great to have a team win where, where, like I said, multiple guys played well. But at that point in the season, it's also good to be able to show some film and have some teaching points in terms of, okay, we need to do this much better, and I thought we had that in this game. We'll hear the buzzer beater from, um, from Tyler Harris in just a moment, but uh, I said to you right after the game, you were near half court. It looked like you wanted a timeout. The ball got inbounded to Tyler. He blew right past you, and you were okay with that. Yeah, so I think the ball went in with about 5.1. So that, as I said after the game, that gives us an opportunity to run two of our full court plays with plenty of time. Um, but we got the ball in so fast that they were – shocked and he was already past a player and a half by the time he took his first dribble now you're only going to get four dribbles in there he got to his second dribble he was at half court already I just said to hell with it you know just let him go because um, I thought he'd be able to create some separation uh, I didn't think it would be a three I thought he was going to kind of keep going he kind of went to his left and then got to a little bit of a step back to create that separation but he, it was, he was in rhythm. He wasn't sped up. He was going fast, but he wasn't sped up. Uh, so after trying to get it, 
on the second dribble, I just said, let's kind of see what we got. And, and I, if you remember earlier in the year, it was a similar situation. You asked, did, should you, did you want to call a timeout or not? And I said, you know, again, we got, he's a fifth year player. We got multiple guys out there that have two, three, four years experience. Um, Sometimes it's better to let the players make the plays, and that's exactly what happened. Here's the way we called it on Monday, December the 12th in Cedar Falls, Iowa. High post it goes to Chiwa. Off to Tyler Harris, right side. Spots up long distance three. Got it! Tyler Harris turns to the crowd, shows them. Tyler's got his swagger going tonight. He's two for two from the field and starting to talk to the fans. That's a good sign, actually, when Tyler's that engaged. Right side pass to Chaplin. Back to Harris. He spots up, loads up another three. Got another three! Well, it's Tyler Harris, eight. Northern Iowa, two. Conwell, the lefty dribbling right. Now comes back to his left. Off to Harris. He's going to load up another three. And there's another three! He got another one. Tyler Harris is three for three from long range. He's four for four for the game. Unbelievable. Near steal. Taken away by USF. That was Tyler Harris who gambled on it. He throws a lob. It's caught by Boggs! There's the alley-oop! Tyler Harris to Jake Boggs, and he gets the dunk high above the rim. Now he stops on a dime. He crossed over. Pexari, the jumper's good! Boy, he dropped him with a crossover, and Pexari had the Turkish legs fall right out from underneath him. To Sorrell Smith, they leave him alone. He steps to his left, fires a three. That is good. Another three for the Bulls. They are seven for eight from beyond the arc. They are locked. There's so much fun watching a team shoot well from long range. And now a steal. Sorrell Smith jumps in front of an entry pass to the low post, gets it ahead to Tyler Harris. Jameer Chaplin off to Selton Miguel. He's trying to turn the corner, goes around a man, throws one up off the window and in. This team is on fire. This is one of the great shooting exhibitions I've seen by a USF team in, in several seasons, several. USF is 12 of 18 to open the game. They lead 33-19. Panthers have the ability to make a three and win the game. We'll see what happens. Bourne runs it into the front court. Clock is at eight. Dribbles between the legs, splits two guys, gets to the basket, running layup is good with four seconds to go, and timeout by Brian Gregory. No, gets it to Tyler Harris. Into the front court he comes. From the logo, he launches, as good if it goes. Good! 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 Tyler Harris knocks down the triple. The Bulls come off the bench. We'll see if it counts. It almost seemed like he took an extra dribble. We'll have to see what the replay indicates. Heck of a shot. Wins the game if it's good, but we'll have, we, we're, we're to the replay. Yeah, it's, hey, he it's got good. it off. He it's got good. it off. That's going to be good. That's going to be good. How about he had gone one for his last 13, and that was deep, partner. That was about 26 feet. And they just said it's good. With no time left. No time. The Bulls win it 72 to 69. Brian Gregory has said this before. If they get to 70 points, they're tough to beat. <laughs> and they got to 72 on that made shot. Bulls win the game. All right, Coach, so you guys didn't even need an airplane to get home that night. I mean, everybody was so pumped. But you do come home, uh, game on Friday. You turn right around and play a Dartmouth team that's extremely disciplined. You kept saying, this team is not going to beat themselves. We, you know, we can't just waltz in here and expect to win. And this game comes right down to the wire. Yeah, and again, we had a couple opportunities to kind of extend the lead there, and we didn't. But, but I don't want to say there's a letdown. It's just such a different pace of game. You know what I mean? And again, I thought that was a, a good uh, – kind of teaching point for our guys, okay, there are going to be some teams that are able the way they play to change the pace of the game. Because what, what, we're not pressing and, and, and extending the defense and different things like that. Um, but you got to learn how to win those games. 
and uh, I thought we did just enough to beat a very well-coached Dartmouth team. If you go back to the Charleston Southern game where you really locked them down from three, this was another game where you did the same thing. They went one for 14 from three-point range and coached the three leading scorers from the, the three previous games, Ryan Cornish, uh, Bowen Bourne, and Claudel Harris. Those guys go a combined 0 for 12 from three. Really felt like in this window you got back to doing what you wanted to from three. Yeah, you know, and again, it, it, you know, sometimes your game plan is right on the money. Sometimes it's pretty good, but but they figure out something else. So we wanted to take away the three from Dartmouth. We did not want them shooting threes. They're a good three-point shooting team. They were taking over 30 a game when we played them. And to their credit, they went inside and took advantage of us playing one-on-one -on -one in the post. But we took away their three. And we said, if they don't hit threes, they can't beat us. I, I didn't like it. It was only a couple-point game, but it, it, it proved correct. And we did just, just enough. Really, we, we weren't as good offensively in this game. Uh, I didn't think we, we shared the ball as well, executed the, the game plan as well offensively. Because I thought, even with the one-on-one -on -one in the post, I thought defensively we had played well enough and rebounded well enough in the first half to have an extended lead, but offensively, we, we weren't as sharp and crisp. You won it by four, 59-55. Here's the way we called it on that Friday night at the Yingling Center. Chiwa out at the high post. Couple people cut off him. He goes to the basket. He does it with one hand. Look out below. Big fella blows the kiss. That was a thunder dunk by Russell Chiwa. He looked like Daryl Dawkins going to the basket. I'm surprised the the rim and the goal standard survived. There's a lob on the backside, gone! Keyshawn Bryant, they drew it up in the huddle and they executed to perfection. Well, Keyshawn Bryant can go up and get it, even if it's up in the rafters, he did just that. On the perimeter, big green, long distance three, that's an air ball, not even close. A delicate saves it in to midcourt. Sam Hines gets it, it's a three on one. Harris throws it up, Hines with a flush! A tremendous alley-oop! Sam Hines elevated and detonated. We're into the hands of Ryan Conwell. Conwell's going to go right at Johnson. Euro step, reverse layup. Oh, he spun it in somehow, some way, contorting his freshman body to the basket, and the layup is good. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a geometry uh, equation there. I don't even know how he got that angle. He twisted his body and spun it in perfectly. Into the corner, Trey Moss, ball fake. Back to the top to Sorrell Smith. Back to Moss. He's going to load up a three left side. Yes, Trey Moss from long range. He had one three-pointer coming in for the season. He's made two tonight. This is a big moment in the game to see if the Bulls can do some damage without a delicate out there. Chiwa double team passes out of that. They swing it around. Left side, Harris all the way in the corner. Great ball movement. Hines for three. Yes! All five Bulls touch it, and it results in a triple. The Bulls have built the lead to eight now with some excellent offensive possessions. Off to Walker. Gets it to Harris. Finds real estate. Fires a jump shot. It's good! Tyler Harris from 17, and boy, did they need that. And you said it, Jim. The one thing this team needs is a made jumper by Tyler Harris. He delivers. 2.50 to go in the game. The Bulls now up by three. So it's a two-point game. USF leads it 57-55. The shot clock is off. Dartmouth could win this game on a three. They've only made one of them today. They're one for 14. Cornish crosses midcourt. 16 seconds to go. Picks up his dribble. Adelican on the handle with 12 seconds to go. Myrtle into the corner. Kraskowiak down to the low block with nine seconds to go to the basket. Layup rolled off into the hands of Tyler Harris. Adelican point 
blank layup, and he missed it. Tyler Harris, the team's best free throw shooter at the line with a one-on-one. -on -one. Needs this first one. Free throw, good. That's the one you need right there. You had to have the first one. Three-point lead now. I'll take the second one, too. Yep. There it is. Good. That's all over. That's all there is. There isn't any more. USF wins it 59-55. to 55. All right, Coach, so a quick turnaround from a Friday to a Monday. Now you have a Hofstra team that you had warned us was really good. Uh, Speedy Claxton, everybody knows the name. Very well-coached team. Uh, boy, talented, talented team, I thought. And, uh, hey, here's a shocker, another close game. Yeah, and, and I'm maybe out of all of them, proud of our guys in that game because that they're good. They're good, and whenever you got a guy that can drop 25 to 30 on you, they're going to be in every game. What was their Achilles heel was the rebounding. And we only had two days, and, and really when you look at it, you go to Northern Iowa and then to Dartmouth, and then you got that game. We didn't have a lot of prep time, you know, a lot of practice time, but we did emphasize the rebounding, and we wanted to get to the offensive glass, and we wanted to limit them to one shot because we thought that was an area we could really hurt them on, and that, that proved you know, correct, and it was the difference in the game. This was another game. We didn't mention the other ones, but uh, the assists to made field goals, uh, your percentage has gone way up this season, I feel, and also the assist to turnover ratio was good. Yeah, I mean, we're getting back to the and even better than the 24-win the season a couple years ago uh, when it comes to the assists. Made baskets to assist ratio is, is higher than that year, and we definitely are taking care of the ball better than we did that year. That, that, that team did share the ball well and played at a great pace and had LaQuincy who led the league in assists. Um, but we were a high turnover team that year as well because we're guys learning to, to, to play at a faster pace and so forth. But the fact of us sharing the ball and making the extra pass and playing unselfishly, out of all the stuff that I've gotten, phone calls, text messages, other coaches, that's been the thing that everybody's talked about was just the fact that we're playing at a faster pace, we're pushing the ball, scoring more in transition, but the unselfishness of the players and making the extra pass, uh, attacking the basket, but not in a way maybe even on that 24-win team where it was head down, the Russian army could be in front of you and we're still going to the rim. We are making better decisions uh, when we drive the ball. And, and I think that bodes well for us as we continue to move forward because our execution and that unselfishness has to be one of our calling cards as we get into this league. We have to move the ball, share the ball, and create good high-percentage shots. 6 nothing run in the final 30 seconds of this game to put them away, 77-70. Here's the way we called it between the Bulls and the Hofstra Pride. Russell now back to Selton. little floater on the left side. Didn't go, and here's Jameer Chaplin. He came out of the heavens. Jameer Chaplin's head was at the rim. That was impressive. Jameer Chaplin came from the rafters, the 300 section, to one-handed dunk it. This building is going to be buzzing about that play by Jameer Chaplin. I want to see the highlight. Maybe I will on ESPN tonight. Though. Wow. Tyler turns on the Jets, goes to the basket, finger roll, good! And he got fouled! Didn't even hear the whistle. The crowd was cheering so much. The Bulls, after opening five for 10, have gone five for six from the line. Free throw by Harris is good. 
all square at 67 with 341 left. Looking to get it to Harris. Catches in the corner. Makes his move. Floater on the baseline. Good. Roll it in from 12 feet. Tyler Harris has 19. Puts the Bulls up. 69-67. We're at two minutes. Shot clock down to four. They're a long way from the basket. Estrada drifts left. Shot clock is at one. The ball's tipped and taken away by Sam Hines. Bulls got a hand on it, and Hines ends up with a steal. Two-point lead, minute and a half. Sam to the basket, floater, didn't go. Russell Chiwa boxes him out, puts it back up, rolls it in! The Bulls by four! Ryan Conwell, the last couple of games, I think it's too early to have the freshman wall hit, but this would go a long way to getting his confidence going, I think, if he can make some free throws here in this crucial situation. No points tonight, 0 for 3 from the floor. This will be a one and one. Let's it fly, knocks it down. 81% shooter on the season. Second free throw, no problem. How about the freshman stepping up there? USF wins it. They pull away with a 6-0 run over the last half minute, and the Cardiac Kids do it again. All right, Coach, so the last game of the non-conference schedule was on Thursday, December 22nd. You said before this game, this is the scariest game for any coach, you're going into the Christmas holiday. You got a team that's in town that was two and nine coming in. Everybody said this is going to be a cakewalk. Uh, it's so hard to get kids to focus in this type of situation. Yeah, and I'm getting tired just reviewing these four games. You know, try to play those, and you get it, you got the finals in the in the middle of that as well. Uh, but we've talked at length about that. You know how difficult this game is. Not, and 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 I know. What do you mean it's it's difficult? We are still dealing with 18 to 22-year-olds. You know what I mean? And and they haven't been home since the summer. And they're going to get three days off, and they see the team that we're playing is 2-9, and nine, and we've won four in a row, all those things. And, and you got to really – and I just – the only thing I did is on our grease boards in our locker room, I put down the six or seven games that had occurred the night or the, or two nights before and just put down the scores. Iowa losing to Eastern Illinois, for example, and just said, these teams were ready for Christmas break, but were not ready for the game they had to play prior to it. And I just said, we have to be different. And that our theme was finish the job. We had talked about getting on a run going into the conference season, and the job needed to be completed, and that was winning that last, that last game. And I thought our guys, um, Offensively, not as good as we needed to be in the first half defensively, but when Sorrell Smith chases down that ball full court, saves it out of bounds and, and throws it to Tyler, who also was on a full sprint for the three, I knew we were going to be okay because those are the hustle plays that those teams that lost those games weren't making. And so I knew over a 40-minute stretch that those plays were going to be enough to help us win the game. The winning numbers that you like to talk about, the points in the paint, the points off turnover, second chance points, fast break points, all those hustle categories, you won all of those. You got great balance, and, and your stars played like star, stars that night. Tyler Harris had 22. Selton Miguel had 23. Coach, I could rattle off how many guys had season highs, career highs that night. I mean, there's like – eight, nine different categories that guys really went nuts. But he scored 92 points and shot 55% from the floor. Yeah, like I said, I thought offensively we were very good. The pace, the movement, the extra passing, the attack in the basket. They had no rim protection, uh, so we wanted to get to the basket. Um, but then, you know, you go back to our earlier conversation. We hit 12 threes in that game. Why? Because we got the ball in the paint. 
and we were able to kick the ball out or we were able to get the ball into paint in transition and, and play to the wings. So I thought, again, offensively. And then in the second half, I thought our defense was, was much, much better. Um, and we got good basketball, as you said, from a lot of different guys. Bulls won it going away, 92-73. Here's the way we called it against the NJIT Highlanders at the Yingling Center. Here come the Bulls the other way, down the far sideline to Keyshawn Bryant. Baseline move, gets to the basket, off the window and in. And It's very easy right now for USF offensively. Kicks it in the corner, there's Hess, open again, fires again, misses finally. There's news, and a rebound by Keyshawn Bryant. He had hit five shots in a row. Left side pass, Corey Walker wide open, loads it up, yes! Corey Walker shushes the NJIT bench, and Brian Kennedy has very strong words for Corey Walker as he's running down the floor, by the way. Words I can't repeat. Conwell, cross-court pass to Selton Miguel. He's going to load up a three. You Why not? And the Bulls are making everything. Great baseline move. Gets caught in the air, fires it out near midcourt. This is either going to go all the way through, or do the Bulls run it down? Sorrell Smith does. Into the corner, Tyler Harris sets his feet, fires a three. Got it! Boy, Harris is going to get all the credit, but Sorrell Smith deserves a lot of it. That was an amazing play by Sorrell Smith. It looked for all the world like that was a ball you would give up on, but he hustled. Tyler Harris hits a three. What a great hustle play by Sorrell Smith. Tyler Harris, triple team, passes to Chaplin, fires a three left wing, got it! Tyler Harris spotted Jameer Chaplin all alone on the left wing, and the triple is good, and the Bulls have their largest lead. Yeah, Bulls starting to separate in this game, 55 to 42 as NJIT has started out one of five. Gets it to Tyler Harris. Crosses midcourt. One-handed pass to Conwell. He's going to the basket. Layup. Good. On the right side, he used the left hand and a good, strong move by Ryan Conwell. It's a 15-point lead. Selton crosses midcourt. Selton kicks it in the near corner. Sam Hines lets a man go by him. Goes to the basket. Hanging, gliding. It's good by Sam Hines, Jr. Our most innovative play brought to you by USF Health. Tyler's going to stop and pop straight on line drive. Good. Three-point shot. Tyler Harris. It's a 15 to nothing run by the Bulls. Well, what a performance tonight, and they're on their feet here at the Yingling Center. 92 to 73 USF with an offensive avalanche. All right, so the non-conference is in the books here in Memphis, the FedEx Forum. You got the Memphis Tigers, 10 and 3, winners of two straight games, NCAA tournament team a year ago, picked second in the league out of the 11 teams. Only Houston is ahead of them in the preseason, not by much. Um, but this bunch is super talented again. Yeah, they are different, very different. They're the oldest team I've ever seen. I mean, goodness gracious. I think they got five fifth-year seniors, four four-year seniors. I think they got ten total seniors uh, on their team. Uh, getting Lomax and Williams back was critical for them because those guys were, even with as talented as they were last year with Duran inside and so forth, they, those guys are the – the, the, the blood, sweat, and tears of this program. Um, and then you add different pieces to it. All guys that can do a lot of different things. Penny Sun is playing very well for him, shooting the ball well. Um, so they, they, they're deep. They play 11 guys. Uh, they got two more Lawson brothers in the mix. I, it, it, I, I don't know how many kids they got, but every time I turn around, one of them's playing for Memphis. Um, <laughs> And they're long and athletic. They've played differently defensively in every game. In the Auburn game, almost packed it in. Not a lot of pressure, not a lot of denying, not a lot of trapping, different things like that. Then they play Texas A&M, and they're back to the full court, scrambling around where you, you really can't run anything. 
So it'll be interesting to see how they how they play us, but it's a great opportunity for us to get a big road win to start the conference. The one thing you've always said about Memphis under Penny Hardaway is you're all right being up four, you're all right being up 20. You don't want to be up 12 right. because in 12, then they just unleash the hounds on you. Yeah, and, and, and they're so long and athletic. They're very disciplined in the first trap, and then the second and third one can come out of nowhere. So it, it, the key is to be organized, and the number one key is just keep hitting the next open man. Don't need anybody to be a hero. Don't need anybody to dribble split traps or any. Just keep hitting the next open man because every time you hit an open man, it breaks down their defense a little bit. And if you can just keep doing that through 40 minutes uh, and be strong with the ball, then then offensively you get good shots at the rim. We can rebound. We can get the offensive glass on them. It's going to be important. Now, they have something different this year in Kendrick Davis. They got the player of the year in our league who's a fifth-year senior and now playing for them. Uh, struggled early shooting the ball. Uh, but over the last four or five games is back to the Kendrick Davis that we saw for the last three years at SMU. Um, multiple guys are going to have to guard him. Multiple guys are going to have to step up to the challenge. The one thing he's doing an incredible job of, he has shot more free throws than Tyler Harris, Jameer Chaplin, Selton Miguel, and Ryan Conwell combined. He gets their free throw line, so we got to defend him without fouling. So the Bulls have been coming to Memphis for 50 years. They're 3-14 and 14 all time. You have two of those wins here in Memphis as we sit in the shadow of the FedEx Forum right now. And the last loss was by one point, 58-57. Why are you not scared to go into this building? One, I think it's one of our, our strengths as a program is organization. And we, we spend time and, and try to be organized against the chaotic system that they run sometimes. And I think it's, a, it, it's effective. I think our guys are confident in that. Being prepared and being organized does give you confidence. Um, and, and, and I think the fact that we emphasize the rebounding piece on both ends is critical because you can't give them. When you get a defensive rebound against Memphis, it ain't over. There's going to be one more guy coming at you, maybe two, sometimes three. So emphasizing finishing the possession with a defensive rebound and then being strong with the ball to, to get the outlet – is critical against them as well. So I just think we've emphasized some key things. We kept it simple against them. Um, and by doing that, again, guys have just a, maybe a little more confidence and a little more comfort in what we're trying to accomplish. That game is at 8 o'clock. Our pregame show will begin at 7.30 right here on Bulls Unlimited. Coach, it's my job contractually to look ahead past the Memphis game. I know you don't. Temple is Wednesday, January the 4th. The calendar rolls over. Temple, a game under 500 in the non-conference. Uh, they have two all-AAC guards on their roster. Yeah, and I'm befuddled. Is that a word? It is, and you yeah. used it correctly. Yep. So I haven't watched them play yet this year. With those two guards, uh, they obviously have not played as well as they're capable of playing. But I know Coach McKee, and they'll be ready in league play. If you look at it in the last couple of years, they have struggled in a non-conference. But even last year, ended up finishing fourth in our league and played extremely well. Um, so I don't know what it is. You know, is it our situation where you just didn't play as well in those first five games and now you're playing better? Um, but 
with those two guards any given night. Those again, you got guys that can get you twenty, uh, and you got two of them. Uh, so, you know, and they got good size inside, good length inside. Um, I know the their uh, starting center to transfer from Central Florida, who's a St. Pete kid, has played very well for him. He's been banged up a little bit, hasn't played the last couple games. The one thing is they compete and they play hard and they're, you know, they're not all from Philly, but they might as well be, you know what I mean? So you're gonna have to play very physical and strong. You're gonna have to take hits in order to give hits in this game. So that'll be Wednesday, January 4th at seven o'clock at the Yingling Center. Then you turn right around, have a Sunday game against Wichita State. That'll be a one o'clock game. They've dominated the series, but the last two have been by a total of five points. These games have been close a lot. Yeah, you know, I, I remember a couple of years ago when we, we beat them at home pretty good and held them to like 36, 37 points. And since that time, we've kind of got our footing against them but haven't been able to finish the close games. A, a, a team that we've talked about with great tradition, great history, great pride in, in their basketball. Both, you know, they travel well, they bring a lot of fans. It's a team that, again, like in, in this league, could be good, could be even better than good. And I think they're trying to find themselves a little bit right now in the non-conference. So again, a, a game at home that you're gonna have to play extremely well in. And and the one thing in like the Temple game, the Wichita State game, even the Memphis game, you, the one thing in this league, the games are against teams that play with great effort and energy. That's one thing about this league. Like you, you're, you don't go in a game and say, well, those guys don't play hard. You know what I mean? So you have to match that, and that gives you a chance. Then if you play well, you got a better chance to win it. All right, so the American Conference gets going with Memphis, followed by Temple, and then Wichita State on January 8th. We'll do another show after that, and you get your, uh, as you like to say, get your feet under you in the American Conference. One last question for you. New Year's is between all of that. Are you a stay-up-to-midnight guy? Can you make it anymore? Do you have to see the ball drop? And I also know that you're a big football guy, too. So are you watching bowl games all day on the first, or how does that work for you? Well, I mean, I, I'm not a – the only ball I like to see drop is the one going through the hoop. Uh, so I'm never – you know, again, when you're a basketball player, then a coach, New Year's Eve and all that, you just – you you don't – uh, really get to celebrate it very much. You know, it, it'll be a it'll be a very peaceful evening at home with the wife and a couple of the kids. Um, my parents will still be in town. Uh, so you got to be on your best behavior. Yeah, yeah, I'm always with that. Yeah, uh, but you know, we'll be getting ready for the games. You know, we'll be, we'll practice on that day and make sure our guys are, are, are ready to go. But I will carve out some time to watch the college football because I love college football. Try to see, you know, who's advancing and different things like that. But I, this is a great time of the year if you're a sports fan because you got great college basketball games with conference season starting and all the bowl games and stuff like that. So I'll figure out a way to carve out an hour or two. Well, Coach, happy new year. Uh, best of luck as we get going here in the American Conference against Memphis on Monday night. Uh, I appreciate you doing the show again here on the road. It's a little bit tougher on the road for us, but uh, another one knocked out, and we'll, we'll do it again in a week or so. Well, you can't keep those fans waiting. You know, I mean, they're, they're chomping at the bit to get, to get another uh, 
of the award-winning series in, and I think we completed it tonight. Our streaming numbers are way up, by the way, from one season to the next, so that's good news. That's Brian Gregory. I'm Jim Lighthall. Thanks for joining us on another edition of The Brian Gregory Show right here on Bulls Unlimited.